And so I invite you to listen as I read our scripture text, Mark chapter 4, beginning at verse 21. Jesus said to them, Do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear, he continued. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces a grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it, because the harvest has come. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like, or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest you plant in the ground. Yet when planted, it grows and becomes the largest of all garden plants, with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything. Let me pray as we come to God in his word. Lord, we thank you for the the truth of your word. We thank you that, that Jesus has come and spoken the gospel to us, that he has come and done more than that, that he has lived the gospel, that in his perfect obedience we have the Savior who meets the demands of your law. In his sacrificial death, we have the forgiveness of sins. In his resurrection from the dead, we have the evidence that he is our Lord and Savior. So, Father in heaven, I pray that as we listen to your word, that you would give us ears to hear, that we would be able to understand and discern the spiritual truth, that you would grant faith to those who do not yet have it, that hearing your word, our hearts would be changed. Lord, we come praying in Jesus' name. Amen. When journalist Bruce Feiler was diagnosed with cancer, he struggled with how he would communicate truth, how he would prepare his five-year-old twin daughters for his possible death. If he was going to die, he wanted them to still have help in their lives. And so he gathered together the six men in his life that had been most influential in his, his own story. He created a, a council of dads, he called them. And he asked them, what are the life lessons my daughters need to know? And will you commit, if I die, to help shape them and guide them? So each of the men offers advice, and, and one of them says this to these five-year-olds. If you never find the answer, that's fine. Because living the questions has its own reward. So do you hear the advice? It might be advice similar to what you've been told in your life or similar to what, what you walked in today thinking that makes sense. If you never find the answer, that's fine. Because living the questions has its own rewards. I mean, that advice sounds big and open. 
It sounds like living the questions is the kind of way that that maybe you and I should live our lives. Not worried about the the destination, but, but recognizing that the journey is the significant part of life. Is it okay to just live the questions? Jesus, who would speak with compassion to a father facing death, Jesus, who would provide comfort to little girls facing the the reality of, of, of their father's illness, would speak with compassion. But he would also speak with clarity. Jesus would say to them what he says to us. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus would confront us with spiritual truth, a truth that we we can take it or leave it. But to walk away from it means to reject the Savior, to reject the, the reality of, of truth. And so Jesus is teaching here in, in parables. These, these parables, one commentator said, they're like missiles aimed at the human heart, at the darkness of the human heart. They're aimed to, to shock us, to confront us. Yes, sometimes they're, they're familiar stories. Oh, the mustard seed. They're immediately obvious to us, the, the message that they're trying to communicate. But sometimes they, they confuse us, they disorient us, they, they shock us. But when Jesus stops to, to teach his disciples, when we stop to consider the truth, we, we find that Jesus is calling us to hear his truth and to respond. And as we glance quickly at at each of these short parables, we'll see that the kingdom arrives and the kingdom grows. We're going to see that Jesus' kingdom, his lordship, his reign over everything confronts us and arrives and, and, and is there before us as the truth, as the reality which we must confront. And then Jesus is showing us that that despite the appearances to the contrary, his kingdom grows. First, we see how the kingdom arrives. He, he uses that, that simple image in verse 21, that if you bring a lamp into a room, do you hide it? I mean, what is light meant to do? Light is meant to illuminate. It's, it's silly and, and actually even a little bit dangerous to take a, a lit flame and put it under your bed. I mean, the the, the image, though, is, is meant to be one that's so foolish that everyone immediately knows the answer. No, when you light a lamp, you bring it and you put it in a place where, where it can cast the most light. And then Jesus even begins to explain what this means in verse 22. Whatever is hidden will be disclosed. Whatever, is, whatever is, has, has not yet been understood is being revealed. I mean, what Jesus is saying is, my teaching, the revelation which comes from God, the true story of, of who you are and, and, and who I am is now meant to be heard. And yet, it seems like maybe it's being hidden, it's being concealed. Not everyone can yet see this truth. And then Jesus, with that, that phrase, which we've already heard in this chapter, verse 23, he says, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And we understand that Jesus isn't talking about our physical hearing. Jesus is talking about our spiritual understanding. Jesus is demanding a response from everyone who listens to him. If you hear what I say, then you must understand. My kingdom has arrived. Jesus is stepping in to say that he is the Lord. And so he he continues in verse 24. He tells them, consider carefully what you hear. 
He's telling them more than just listen to what I have to say, more than just to kind of emphasize the point. He's telling them this is the truth that you need to hear. And so he, he gives us another image in verse 24. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. And so the way in which you judge the others, the way in which you, you decide things in this life, the way in which you, you measure your life, it will be measured to you. But, but notice what Jesus says, and even more. I mean, it's a, a glimpse of grace in this story, that everything we need the, the ways in which we would, we would judge others, the ways in which we would measure ourselves, Jesus is saying God's going to give us even more. The, in some sense, though, this is really just reminding us of the lesson we learned last week in that parable of the seed that's scattered, that your heart needs to be prepared. And so like the good soil, you need to be prepared to hear the gospel. You need to, to, to be able to respond to the gospel. Jesus is saying whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him, like the birds come and pluck the seed from the the hard ground. And so your heart needs to be prepared to hear the gospel. Another commentator summarizes verse 25. Matthew Henry, commentating centuries ago, commenting on this, says, If we do not use, we lose what we have. And so if you've been given a a message of grace, then you need to respond to it. If you hear the gospel, then the, the, the burden is placed on you that you must understand it. You must respond. He who has ears, let him hear. I mean, these these parables, these stories, these illustrations are meant to confront us with the reality that the kingdom of God has arrived the reign and the rule of Jesus. And we've, we've seen it in the ministry of Jesus, his kingdom pushing back the kingdom of Satan as he fights against the disease and illness, as he fights against the, the demonic powers of the world. Jesus' kingdom is, is pushing back the kingdom of Satan. And so Jesus is in his teaching ministry declaring to them what they have seen. The kingdom of God is present. The kingdom of God has arrived. The king is here. And yet Jesus comes in such an unexpected way. The kingdom doesn't arrive like like we would expect. Jesus comes healing and teaching. Jesus' kingdom isn't a a revolutionary overthrow of of the political powers of the military powers of the day. Jesus is aiming at our hearts. And so he who has ears, let him hear. We've seen in these first illustrations that that the kingdom of ro- arrives. And now the, the, the second parables, this second cluster, starting in verse 26, shows us how the kingdom grows. Look again at verse 26. Jesus introduces this parable. He says, This is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. So he's using the imagery w- with which we're familiar in this, in this chapter. The, the sower scattering seed. And yet here, it's not so much the, the response of the, the preparation of the human heart that's at issue. It's the, it's the very fact that anything grows at all. He says, a man scatters seed on the ground, and night and day, whether he sleeps or he gets up, the seed sprouts. It grows. Do you see the, the farmer is involved at the beginning of, of, of the story of sowing the seed, and he's involved at the end of the story in, in, in reaping. 
Now, yes, those of you that have done any farming know that there are times of much toil often in between of watering and weeding and, and caring for the garden. But, but the very fact that anything grows at all has nothing to do with the farmer. The, the growth which takes place is, is a growth which, which happens by itself. The, and so the farmer, yes, he reaps what he sows, but everything that grows in between happens because God is at work. And so despite the appearance of inactivity in the kingdom of God, this is the lesson Jesus is teaching us, despite the appearance of inactivity, growth is taking place. Something is happening. I mean, see, do you see in Jesus' ministry, it, it, it moves so slowly at this point. Here is this peasant, itinerant preacher reaching, yes, thousands of people, but in the dark backwaters of the Roman Empire. It seems to be moving so slowly, and, and even the, the leaders, the people of, uh, in places of power and influence, they're not responding to this gospel in a positive way. We've seen their rejection of Jesus, their rebellion against Jesus. But Jesus is saying, despite the appearance that nothing is taking place, the seed has been planted, growth is happening, God is at work here. And that may be how you feel in your own life, that that it seems that so little is taking place, that it's moving so slowly. And so do you trust that God is at work despite the the appearance, because that's all it is, the appearance of inactivity. When you look at the, the news headlines of the day, do you, do you wring your hands and think, there is no hope left? Or do you say, God is at work. His kingdom has arrived. It is growing. It has not disappeared. And the reality is there's so much that happens in our world that's beyond our comprehension. Yes, you as a botanist might be able to, to, to explain to me how germination takes place. You might be able to explain to me the how of, of this whole process. And yet, even there, there are pieces you don't understand. Why do some seeds germinate and others not? And even if you can explain to me fully the, the how of the, the way in which this takes place, there's so many questions left unanswered. Why? Why does it work this way? How did we get ourselves here? And so if, if in something as simple as planting a seed, you and I have to admit that we reach very quickly the end of our knowledge, then wouldn't it be appropriate for us to admit that in bigger spiritual questions, we might very quickly reach the end of our knowledge and actually need to hear someone, Jesus, step in and speak truth to us? See, if you walk in having sure of the answers or sure of the path or even sure that, that, that just the journey is, is all that there is, then you might not be willing to listen to the truth. You might not be willing to listen when someone, when Jesus himself steps in and says, here is truth that confronts your life. See, while it feels very open-minded to say that the journey is all that there is, that, that you don't really need to seek answers. It's not really as open-minded as you think. Because to truly be open-minded, you would be willing to listen when Jesus says, no, I have the answer. Listen now. Let him who has ears, let him hear. I am the answer. So the open-minded position is the one which says there might be truth that you full, don't fully comprehend. You don't even understand how seeds sprout and grow, and yet you reap the benefit of the harvest. Now, the, 
the parable which comes in verse 30 is one that's, that's familiar to us. The parable of the mustard seed, the, the smallest of seeds, that's the, the way in which they would have viewed it. And yes, we could measure seeds that are smaller today, but, but it's, it's sort of that, that proverbial understanding that this is the smallest of seeds that they would have used. The ways in which we would describe that, that great oaks grow from tiny acorns. That something so small could do something so unexpected. And so we see what Jesus is teaching us about the kingdom. That, that you can't measure the kingdom based on what you see now. That, that tiny seed, that's not the full extent of the kingdom. That seed is, is going to be planted. That seed will grow. And think of how this truth, this truth that the kingdom, that God is at work to grow his kingdom, can be an encouragement to, to, to our fellow believers around the world who live in the midst of direct and violent persecution. The reality of what they see around them, the, the threat that this little seed is about to be stamped out or crushed, that's not the whole story. God is at work growing his kingdom. And so what, whatever you see, whatever, whatever is visible right in front of you, God is doing something bigger. And so these parables, which is the way that Jesus taught the crowds, verse 33 tells us, he was teaching them as much as they could understand and then, and then pulling his disciples aside and explaining to them the meaning of these parables. We saw that earlier in the chapters he explained to them the, the parable of the sower with the seeds. And so we might long for the, the commentary that Jesus would give in these parables, and yet we've seen the truth that the kingdom has arrived. The kingdom grows. God is at work. And so this reality confronts us. It confronts us with the, the truth that, that Jesus claims to have the truth. That Jesus is claiming to be the king. We've heard the repetition in this passage that we must listen to Jesus. Look again at verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. That's a, a repetition we, of what we, what we read last week in verse 9. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus continues in verse 24. Consider carefully what you hear. He's teaching the crowds as, as much as they could understand, then he's explaining the truth to his disciples. And so the question today is, do you hear Jesus? I don't mean do you physically hear the words that I'm saying. I mean, can you stop and consider the spiritual impact of what these, what these stories, what these parables, what these illustrations are meant to teach us? It's the confrontation of the king of the universe with you. I mean, these, these stories are meant to, to penetrate your heart, to leave you a little bit unsettled, to think, huh, are the ways in which that, that I've ignored the truth of God's kingdom because I feel like it's hidden? Are there ways in which I haven't seen growth or understood what's happening, so I, so I quickly cast Jesus aside? Are there ways in which culturally, perhaps following the advice of, of Bruce Filer's friend, that I'm just on the journey I'm comfortable living in the questions. Well, Jesus steps forward to say, he has the answers. And so will you respond? It demands a response. The teaching of Jesus is not something you just hear and then go on with your day. It's not a, a soundbite on the news that, that might inform you a little bit, but you can 
quickly ignore it. No, the teaching of Jesus is the teaching of the king who is announcing the arrival of his kingdom, the growth of his kingdom, and he was, who demands that you listen to him. And so will you put your trust in this king? Will you trust Jesus? Will you acknowledge that, that your, your journey, your, your attempts to find truth on your own have failed? Will you admit that Jesus is the one who brings truth to you, who reveals God's plan and God's authority? Because Jesus steps forward as the king to place this burden on you. Will you respond? But consider who this king is. Yes, he's a miracle worker. We've seen him heal the sick. Yes, he is a good teacher. But Jesus is more than that. Jesus is the kind and generous Savior. Because when Jesus steps forward and says, you must listen to me, he doesn't step forward with an arrogance. Because he steps into your life as the king of all history. And then he proves what a loving king he is. Because consider the, yes, Jesus demands a a real response from you. But consider the response to the message of the gospel, to the story of grace that is demanded of Jesus himself. Jesus will walk from this teaching ministry to the cross. Jesus knows that one of his, his own disciples, one of the men that listened to him explain the gospel over and over again in intricate detail, one of those men will betray him. And Jesus, the king who demands your obedience, is the king who loves you. The king who goes to the cross to die in your place. And so when you hear Jesus say, listen now, you hear it not in the the words of anger, but in the words of a gentle and loving Savior. Listen. Listen to me. The pleading and kind words of the, the one who would die in your place to pay the penalty for your sin. And so Jesus is asking you now to listen, to respond, to live as a disciple to share this message, to proclaim that which was previously hidden, to to be part of the growth of the kingdom in your own personal life and in the the, the life of the church and in the life of the the gospel, the, the church universal, as the gospel is spread around the world. And so do you have ears to hear? Will you listen to Jesus? Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, we rejoice in the the hope of the gospel. Lord, we come praying that you would speak truth to each one of us. Lord, for those that, that are resistant to this teaching, Lord, I pray that you would let them see the reality of who Jesus is, the King who demands obedience, but the Savior who died in our place. Lord, let this gospel truth, which, which we are privileged to witness in the waters of baptism, Be a reminder to those of us who have been baptized, who are part of your church, of the way that you are at work. That you are still at work in our own hearts, our own lives. That you are at work in in your kingdom. That your kingdom stands in opposition to the ways of the world. That's Lord, I pray that you would let us, as as Christians, live lives of obedience to you. That you would let us live lives of of joy-filled proclamation as we share this gospel with others. 
Lord, we pray for the, the ongoing ministry of Harvest USA. Lord, we thank you for their impact on our own church, for their impact in, in proclaiming the gospel in our, in our region and around the country. Lord, and even as their ministry extends around the world, let the message of grace, the story of Jesus' death and resurrection be, on, be, be at the center of, of their ministry and be on our, our hearts and our lips as we proclaim the gospel. Lord, for those who don't know Jesus as Savior, I pray that, that even now, having heard the words of Christ, they would respond to the grace that is offered to us. Lord, we come praying in Jesus' name. Amen.